Here comes Mr. Kitzel. Starring Artie Auerbach as the one and only Mr. Kitzel. Oh, oh, oh. With the pickle in the middle and the mustard on top. Just the way you like it and the whole red hat. Mr. Kitzel. Mr. Kitzel. He's the answer to your clamor for a fresh new radio show. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. This is another episode in our Mr. Kitzel collection. This is from Log Cabin Syrup. Uh, it's the Log Cabin Jamboree. And this is from 1938. It's January 15th of 1938. And uh, Mr. Kitzel is on this towards the end of the episode. And this one even has better sound than last week. You can actually hear the show somewhat clearly. And I'm kind of enjoying listening to Jack Haley. Of course, he was the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. And it's fun to hear him, and it's fun to hear Mr. Kitzel, and then all the other characters he has in the show are fun as well. So, um, an entertaining show just to take you back in time to 1938. Uh, this is when Jack's show was just getting to be what we'd think of as Jack's show. It was reaching its, um, one of its early peaks was on Jack uh, Benny's show and the Jack Haley show was kind of a copy there were a lot of copies out there of Jack's show and Jack's format uh, it'll be fun to experience this as this show changes over time and the Mr. Kitzel character changes over time there of course are some inappropriate things in this episode of uh, talking of Native Americans and so forth and derogatory terms but that's uh, part of the times anyway but I still think it's interesting to hear these historically and just take them in for what they are. So without further ado, let's get into this one and we'll talk more next time. Enjoy. Welcome to Jack Haley's Log Cabin Jamboree. Welcome to Log Cabin Jamboree. Welcome to Love is the Jubilee. Don't be a stranger, we want you to be a member of This half hour of fun and melody is brought to you by the makers of Log Cabin Syrup, America's largest selling fine table syrup, with that rich, real maple flavor to give your pancakes and waffles that final touch of deliciousness. She also had a cow. Log Cabin has a little ham. And here he comes right now. Jack Haley. Thank you. Thank you. Warren, nothing you can say tonight will disturb me. I'm the happiest man in the world. You are? Yeah, have a cigar, Warren. Thanks. Have a cigar, Ted. Have a cigar, boys. <laughs> what? What happened, Jack? Have you got a good program? Warren, it's better than that. Well, did you inherit a lot of money? It's better than that. Well, tell me, Jack, what happened? I just found a parking space on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you have something to be happy about there, Jack. But, boy, last night you couldn't find a parking space at the premier in old Chicago. Oh, that's right. They had a big opening last night. Big opening? Why, Warren, 20th Century Fox outdid themselves. They did? Warren, you couldn't get near the theater. The cars were lined up for blocks. I had to get out of my car and walk five blocks to the theater. Why, was the traffic that heavy? Well, no, uh, that was as far as my street car went. <laughs> well, I'll bet there were a lot of stars there. Were there? As the stars got out of their automobiles, they took pictures of them. They did? Yeah. And Robert Taylor and some leading lady posed for the cameraman. <laughs> you should have seen Bob put his arms around her. He started hugging her, and then he pressed her closer to him, and he pressed and he pressed. <laughs> Warren, that's one Taylor that knows how to press. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jack, uh, did you have a good seat? Yes, but I had an awful job finding it, Warren. The theater was dark, and I kept stumbling around, and finally I sat on a fellow's lap. I was afraid to move. You were? <laughs> yeah, and then the lights went up, and the audience started to laugh. Boy, was I embarrassed. Well, why, Jack? I was sitting on Edgar Bergen's lap. <laughs> I felt just like a dummy. <laughs> How was the picture? <laughs> Huh? How was the picture, Jack? Oh, the picture is thrilling. The last scene alone was worth, worth the price of admission. Really? All of Chicago was up in flames. And finally, at the finish of the picture, it was burned down to the ground. Well, do you think that picture will be a hit? A hit? Why, it's sure fire. <laughs> that line wasn't. <laughs> I'll tell you, Warren, after the picture was over, I sat there spellbound for two hours. You mean you were so affected by the pictures? Yes, that, and besides, I couldn't find my shoes. <laughs> Come in. Mr. Haley? Yes, sir. I've seen your acting many times. Yes, sir. And I think you really belong in old Chicago. You really do? Yes, indeed. If I had my way, you'd be in old Chicago. Oh, thank you. Who are you? The mayor of Los Angeles. How do you like that? Playing just one of those things. And now, ladies and gentlemen. 
What's the matter with Tilly? What's the matter with Get out of here. Get out of here, you crazy hen. I'll wring your neck. Now, let Tilly alone, Ted. She's been nice and quiet up until now. What's the matter? She just laid an egg in the tuba player's horn. Well, that won't hurt the music. No, but the horn is pointing in my direction. <laughs> so what? Suppose... So what? <laughs> well, suppose the tuba player blows the horn. Oh, Ted, can't you take a yoke? Gee, Ted, every time that you... Come in. Uh, Mr. Haley, I'm Mr. Dingle of the Dingle Hay Grain Feed Oak Company in Sun. Now, uh, here's your bill for the past two weeks, uh, $16.80 for corn and grain. $16.80? Wait a minute, buddy. All I received was grain. Where's the corn? On your program, Haley. <laughs> oh, there, there, Tilly. Don't cry. I know why you're crying. Because, you know, you and I have to separate. But I can't help it, Tilly. Oh, you're going to get rid of her, eh, Jack? Yeah, I put an ad in the paper, Warren, to find her a home. Oh, I can't stand to hear her crying. Warren, please take Tilly away and put her in that box. Okay, come on, Tilly. Well, Jack, I didn't know Tilly had a wooden leg. Yeah, her mother was married to a decoy. (laughs) Warren, take her away. Okay. Gee, I hope someone answers the ad I put in the paper to take Tilly off my hand. Uh, Come in. Mr. Haley, I saw you ran the paper, and I'd like to take Tilly home with me. Uh, will you take good care of her? Oh, I certainly will, Mr. Haley. I'll even see that Tilly has a nice little sweater to keep her bare body warm. Well, she doesn't need a sweater. She has her feathers to keep her warm. <laughs> she won't have feathers when I get older. Who are you? I'm a fan dancer. Woohoo! <laughs> One fan I don't mind losing. Warren, pardon me a minute. I want to see if Tilly is comfortable. Okay, Jack. I'll take care of it. Come in. Uh, Mr. Haley, I come to see you about that gal, Tilly, you advertised for marriage into the paper. Well, uh, thanks for the compliment. I'm not Mr. Haley. I'll get him, though. Just a minute. Excuse me. Yeah, thanks. Gosh, what a funny-looking place. Last two wives I had I got from a matrimonial agency, but never looked like this one. I sure hope this Tilly gal will make a good wife. Uh, do you want to see me, mister? Yes, sir. I came to see you about Tilly. Well, if you're fortunate enough to get her, she'll make you a very happy man. Yeah? <laughs> of course, you know, I ain't got much money. Uh, does she eat a lot? No, just any old scraps you've got laying around. Scraps? Tilly eats scraps? Yeah, she'll make a good companion for you. Well, <laughs> well I, I don't ask for much. But when I get up into the morning, I like my eggs. You do? Yep, yep. Well, Tilly, drop the eggs into the egg cup. Well, it's a kind of a small place to aim for, but you'll try. <laughs> well, I guess I can't expect any more than that. <laughs> but uh, if I should get up late into the morning, uh, will she keep the eggs warm? We'll see. Why, when you come down into the table, <laughs> you'll find her sitting on them. Getting onto him? Uh, what kind of a female is she? Listen, I want to tell you all about Tilly so you'll know just what you're getting. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Thanks. Now, uh, she has one bad habit. You'll have to try to break her up. Well, what's that? She likes to sleep on top of the dresser. Sleep? Sleep on top of the dresser? Yeah. And uh, she likes to let her legs hang into the bureau drawer. It's a little habit she has. What? To break her of it. Sleep with her legs into the bureau drawer? Well, why doesn't she sleep into a bed? Because her nails are too long and she tears into the sheet. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I got tears onto the farm. Uh, how are her table manners? She doesn't like to eat onto the table. Just throw a few scraps and she'll eat off onto the floor. Off in the floor, huh? Yeah, she's an incubator baby. Oh, well, that's all right. I was an incubator baby myself. I thought so, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> sure. Well, you look like you're deserving of it, so I'm going to give it to you. Oh, thank you, sir. Now, uh, have you got a coop with you? No, but I have a roadster. <laughs> it's uh, downstairs. Well, that's all right. You can put her in the rumble seat, but be careful she doesn't lay an egg in the car. Lay an egg into the car? What kind of woman is she? Woman? Who's talking about a woman? Warren, bring Tilly in here. There she is, Jack. That's silly. That's silly? Yes. Oh. She's fainting. She's fainting. Oh. 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 Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Virginia Verrill is gaining prominence as an outstanding radio swingstress. But I don't want you folks listening in to forget that Virginia can also sing a sweet song or a ballad. So in answer to the many requests tonight, Virginia brings you Jerome Kern's My Bill from Ziegfeld's never-to-be-forgotten showboat. Sing it, Ginny. I used to dream that I would discover the perfect lover someday. I knew I'd recognize him if ever he came round my way. I always used to fancy them. He'd be one of those godlike kind of men with a giant brain and a noble head like the heroes bold in the book I read. But alone, he's not the type at all. Or you'd meet him on the street and never notice him. His form and face, his manly grace, is not the kind of statue, and I can't explain. It's surely not his brain that makes me thrill. I love him because he's—I don't know—because he's just my Yes, he's just my bill, an ordinary boy. Why, he hasn't got a thing that I can brag about. And yet to be upon his knees, so comfy and roomy, feels natural to me, and I can't explain. It's surely not his brain that makes me thrill. Oh, but I love him because he's... I don't know, because he's just my That was 12, Virginia. And now, Warren Hall. Thanks, Jack. And now, let's listen to two businessmen talking together in the office. One has just stopped at the other's desk. Grand morning, eh, George? How's it going? Oh, so-so. Wouldn't brag. Oh, what's wrong? Out late? No, it's not that. I've been in bed every night by 10.30. Only, I don't know, along about 11 every morning, I don't feel so hot. 
Say, maybe you need a little of the advice my doctor gave me. I got the feeling that way myself a while ago, so I went to him. You know what he told me to do? What? Told me to cut down a bit on my dinner at night and add to my breakfast. He said the mornings when you need the energy at breakfast, not at night when you just sit around. I've been eating a real breakfast for a solid month now, like uh, pancakes and log cabin syrup. And boy, I feel like a million. Maybe I'll try that, Fred. Gosh, it's a long time since I looked at a pancake for breakfast. Sounds good. And friends, thousands of people, busy people facing an active day, are cutting down on dinner and eating a real breakfast. You see, they've learned that folks who are active during the day need the foundation, the energy a good breakfast supplies. And naturally, that means pancakes and plenty of log cabin syrup real often. Because that's America's favorite real breakfast, just as log cabin syrup is America's favorite fine table syrup. Be sure to listen later on in this program for log cabin syrup's valuable offer to you. Oh, uh, Virginia... Come here a minute. Yes, Jack. You know, Virginia, By Me, Mr. Shane is the biggest song hit since Yes, We Have No Bananas. Would you be brave enough to sing it with me? Sure. All right, you stand right in front of me and I'll start the verse. Okay. Of all the girls I've known, and I've known some, until I first met you, I was lonesome. And when you came inside, dear, my heart grew light, and this whole world seemed new to me. You're really swell, I have to admit you. Deserve expressions that really fit you And so I've racked my brain Hoping to explain All the things that you do to me By Mibis to shame Jack, won't you please explain By Mibis to shame means that you're grand mm, By Mibis to shame Won't say it again It means you're the fairest in the land Can you say Bella, Bella? I could say wunderbar, each language only helps me tell you how grand you are. I tried to explain, by me this is shame. So kiss me and say you understand. By me this is shame, I love to sing that strain. By me this is shame means that you're swell. By me this is shame, it's such a sweet refrain. By me, this you can tell how I felt. I could say to you, to you, even say to you, the Murray slang, which means I never want to be silly, bonjour. By me, this you can, we try to explain. By me, this you can, only that you're That was Virginia Bell and yours truly singing by me and Mr. Shane. And now, ladies and gentlemen... I'll take it, Jack. All right. Hello. Yes? Who? Hey, Jack, the warden of state's prison wants to speak with you. The warden of state's prison? Yes. Gee, I never should have taken that apple. <laughs> Let me see the phone. All right. Uh, hello? Hello, Mr. Haley. I'm calling in behalf of Killer Casey, who is going to the chair in a couple of hours. No, we always grant a condemned man his last request. Yes, I know that. Uh, now, Mr. Haley, his request is an unusual one that only you can grant it. Well, what can I do, Warden? Please tell one of your fairyland stories. <laughs> oh, okay, Warden, I'll do it. Goody, goody. <laughs> All right, tonight I'll tell the story of my great-great-great-granduncle, Horatio Daniel Boone Haley. This is the story of the days when a trailer had two feet and not two tires. 
By a mere coincidence... <laughs> by a mere coincidence, and not through the sponsor's influence, mind you, our story opens in a log cabin. I guess I know what side my waffles have butted on. <laughs> the action takes place in the heart of the Indian Territory. For some time, Horatio and another Indian scout, Pawnee Bill, have been patiently watching a bloodthirsty band crawling toward them. Slowly, silently. Quiet, Bill. They're coming closer. Let them come, Horatio. As soon as they get close enough, we'll shoot and wipe out the whole gang. They're still a-coming. Better hand me that gun. Here should be, Horatio. Is it loaded? Sure enough, I loaded it myself. Okay, I'm going to let them have it. <laughs> I got them all. That quit gun is sure tough on mosquitoes. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Bill. Come in. Horatio! Horatio Boone! The Sioux and the Mohawks are holding a big war dance tonight. Uh, do you want me to break it up? No, I want you to buy a ticket. <laughs> well, how much are they? Fifteen dollars a head. So the Indians are scalping again, eh? <laughs> the Indian chief wants you to show him your trucking and Susie Q. All right, I'll go, but I won't show him my big apple. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'll wear a high collar. <laughs> All right, I'll take two tickets. Thank you. Here's the merchandise, equivalent to $30. Two elk high, two deer heads, and two buffalo skins. Thank you, thank you. And here's your change, a skunk. A skunk? What for? Well, you got an odd tent coming. Goodbye. <laughs> well, Pawnee Bill, here's your ticket. Thank you. Say, wait a second, there's something printed on the back of it. What's it say? Uh, come one, come all, to the 23rd Annual Sioux Mohawk War Dance. To be held for the benefit of the victims of the massacre. Why, there ain't been a massacre for months. P.S. Wait till the dance is over. <laughs> Gee, that looks like trouble, Bill. We better sound a signal to warn the settlers that the Indians are on the warpath. Oh, oh, oh. Listen to all that shooting. Must be the Indian chief. No, you're wrong, Bill. It's the letter carrier, the Pony Express. You think you'll stop here? No, he's on his way to Bing Crosby's house. He gets all the mail in this town. <laughs> You know, Bill, that... Let me in! Let me in! Let me in! What's the matter? What's the matter? Oh, save me. Save me. He's after my scalp. He's after my scalp. Who is? Marcel the barber. <laughs> Somebody's due for trimming. <clears throat> well, Bonnie, if we're due for a fight, we, we probably have to do some hard riding. I guess I'll put on my riding britches. Rawhide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Gee, see, Tannel, there's a rider a-tearing down the hillside. I guess he's come to warn us about the Indian. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Run for your lives. Run for your lives. The British are coming. The British are coming. Who are you? Paul Revere. Wait a minute. You're supposed to be in Massachusetts. This is Kane Tucky. Quiet. Not so loud. If the horse finds out, he'll be sore as the devil. Get here. Hey, Bill, look at that girl in the distance. Don't go away. She's running this way. Hey, it's my girl. The Indians are chasing us. Quick, open the gate. Oh, my sweetheart, you have saved me. Those Indians were after me because of that Manhattan Island deal. Wait a minute. We gave them $24 for Manhattan Island. What do they want now? The sales tax. Huh? Sales tax? Daniel Boone, you're very courageous. Oh, taint nothing at all. You're very brave. Oh, taint nothing at all. You saved my life. Oh, taint nothing at all. I'm going to kiss you. Oh, <laughs> Ain't nothing at all. 
That's a mighty cute bottle you got there, sweetheart. Uh, is it satin? You don't think I stand all day, do you? Oh. <laughs> oh, Boone. Uh, call me Bay. Oh, Bay Boone. Oh, my. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I want you to reward this faithful Indian who helped me escape. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, tell me, my faithful Indian, what tribe do you belong to? Mihawk Indian. You mean uh, Mohawk Indian? No, Mihawk Indian. Mihawk shoes, Mihawk pants, Mihawk feet. Where do you hawk all these things? In pony shop. Don't get punny, pony. Indian, you got a cold, haven't you? Gotta keep your wig warm. Your loyalty shall be rewarded. You saved this young lady. And I am a rich farmer. I will give you half my wheat. Me don't want that. Why not? Me want whole wheat or nothing. <laughs> that goes against my green. Let me in. What's that? Let me in. It's a scout. It's Let Cherokee Charlie. Open the door. There's trouble on the range. There's trouble on the range. What happened? I can't find the pilot line. <laughs> I need a new shotgun. Why? I spotted an Indian. I raised my sawed-off shotgun at five. And uh, what happened? Uh... Nothing. I saw off the wrong end. <laughs> what was that? <coughs> What's the matter? I just saw an Indian's head. I just saw an Indian's head. Where? On a penny. That doesn't make sense. Neither did this sketch. Wait a minute. Here they come. Here come the Indians, Daniel. All right, men. I'll give you your orders. Okay. Every man to his post. Yeah. Joe, you go outside on the porch. Okay. Charlie, you go out in the stockade and see what's at the gate. Yeah. Bill, you go upstairs and see what's in the bedroom. Where are you going? I'm going in the kitchen and see what's in the icebox. <laughs> oh, oh, I've got an arrow. What size is it? Fourteen and a half. Chuck, <laughs> can I take a sixteen? Look, they stopped firing. Why, there are two Indians coming towards us waving a flag of truce. One of them is Big Chief. The other must be his interpreter. Daniel, you're the head of the settlement. You go out and talk to him. All right. Open up those stockade gates and let them in. Uh, what do you want? Me speak for my chief. Him want smoke pipe of peace. Is that right, chief? You came here to smoke a pipe of peace? I didn't come here to smoke a herring. <laughs> What kind of an Indian are you? I'm a Seminole. Seminole? Yes, Seminole cowhead. From the Lentian Glen. What are you doing here? Oh, this is the reservation they gave me for New Year's Eve. <laughs> Why don't you go home? Oh, fish patch. Why should I go home? I have a large family and I have to support my wife, so I sell papoose. You sell papoose? Yeah. Morning, papoose! <laughs> Where's your stand? On Times Square. <laughs> but tell me, what else do you sell? Well, in my place, you can buy uh, buckskins, elkskins, deerskins, doeskins, cowkets, thumbkets, muskets, melokets, longhorns, shorthorns, bighorns, otherhorns, strong, 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 White sock, foul lock, small hook, dumb hook, white feet, cowhide, warhide, inside and outside, mean, spring. Lynch 
yourself out, Indian. Uh, incidentally, who are you? I'm Boone. Who? Boone. Didn't you ever hear of Boone? Not since 1929. <laughs> Do you mean to tell me that you're happy amongst the Indians? Oh, yeah, ma'am. We go hunting and fishing all day long. What do you hunt for? Fish. <laughs> you certainly are dressed up like an Indian, with those beads and elk teeth hanging on you, and those shells. What kind of shells are they? It's very pretty, huh? That's Erster shell. Erster? It's not pronounced Erster, it's oyster. Oi, oi! A comrade! Comrade, nothing. You're an enemy. Seize the men. Get a hold of them there. There's only one thing to do with a renegade. Shoot him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Men, get the rifle. Wait a minute. Let me say a few words. No. Let me say three words. No. Men, ready? Let me say two words. No. Ain't. Then, then let me say, please, just let me say one word. All right. Just one word and no more. What is it? And now here's a special announcement of interest to all of you. Log Cabin Syrup offers you a beautiful, solid copper pancake griddle, guaranteed worth one dollar and a half or more at retail for only 50 cents in stamps or coins. Already more than 20,000 of these griddles have been sent to women in every part of this country, and we're sending out more of them every day. Now, naturally, our supply is limited, so if you don't want to be disappointed, please act quickly. Let me describe this Log Cabin Griddle again. It's solid copper, finished in chromium. It's about eight inches in diameter, exceptionally light in weight, and has a non-heat-conducting handle. And now here's how to get your griddle. Send your name and address with only 50 cents in stamps or coin to Log Cabin Syrup, Battle Creek, Michigan. Please notice there are no stickers, box tops, or anything else to send in. We want to make it just as easy as possible for you to own one of these griddles, because they make grand pancakes. We know that if you like the griddle, you'll serve pancakes more often, and that you'll give Log Cabin Syrup a fair trial. That's all we ask. But act at once so you won't lose out. I'll repeat that. Send your name and address with only 50 cents in stamps or coin to Log Cabin Syrup, Battle Creek, Michigan, tonight. Your griddle will be sent to you immediately. This is Jack Haley, your man Saturday. Asking you to be my pal Sunday by using log cabin syrup on your pancakes and waffles. So good night from Wendy Barry, Virginia Vero, Warren Hall, and Ted Fiorito. Until next week, when again you'll be... for a full hour of entertainment every Saturday night from 8 to 9 Eastern Standard Time. One half hour with, believe it or not, Bob Ripley, and at 8.30, another big log cabin jamboree from Hollywood, starring Jack Haley. Included on the program this evening with the selections by Mir Vista Jane from Love, Honor, and Behave. Thank you for a lovely evening from Palais Royal Review and just one of those things from Jubilee. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>